Welcome to Eloquently Awkward, a podcast for ladies with real conversation and biblical perspective. Hi, it's Madeline. Hey, it's Amanda. And I'm Terry, and I'm your host today. Um, welcome, welcome everybody. Thank you for all of your likes and your shares. We are almost at 100 likes on Facebook. I think when I checked yesterday, it was at 96. Woo! I know, like almost wow. 100 people. So keep sharing and keep liking. I'm already boring my daughter. She's over here <laughs> yawning. Wow. Sorry. She lives with me. She knows. She knows the struggle. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, we were sitting here talking before we started about um, being content with quarantine, which seems like an oxymoron. (laughs) It's hard to be content in life, let alone a quarantine. So uh, we just wanted to share ways that we've been trying to pass the time during quarantine. And let me think here. I'm going to let Madeline go first. How are you staying, keeping yourself busy and trying to stay content during quarantine? Well, Terry, you see, (laughs) there are multiple ways in which I have been staying busy. <laughs> I've been binge-watching my favorite TV shows <laughs> over again, which are, you know, of course it's not those three-season shows where you can just watch them in a day. It's like, you know, 29 seasons. And, and they're each an hour long. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> so that's been taking up a good bit of my time. <laughs> and then uh, me and my brother, uh, who's 18, yes. bought a pool, but not what any pool. What kind of pool, Madeline? <laughs> it's about two and a half feet deep. And eight feet in diameter. <laughs> so, it's not huge, but, you know, you can't swim laps in it, but it's mainly for the purpose of me being getting outside in this quarantine. And I hate the hot and the outdoors, so I figured a pool would help. Right. Does it have any fun decorations on oh, this Oh, yeah, you're right. It's 3D. <laughs> it came with 3D goggles, people. Yes. If you're going to go, go big or go home. So, if you're going to look like a nerd, you might as well wear the goggles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> our neighbor lady loves, thinks it's just so cute to watch us swim in our pool. Like, we're children. The word that she's I think it's for. creepy. It's obsession, I but think. Our but our porch is up high, you know, so you can see it over right. the fence. And our neighbor lady will just stand there with her arms crossed and just wave. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's weird. Anyway. Well, that's fun. Amanda. If you're listening, we enjoy you having Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know your name, but thank you. Okay, let's move on. Amanda, how have you been being busy and content during quarantine? Um, I have done loads of baking. Uh, mm. I borrowed my mom's bread maker, which was a terrible life decision. I was going to say, do you, I didn't like my bread maker when I had it. I uh, only used it to knead it and make the dough, and then I took it out to raise it. Oh, uh, no. I'm in love bake. with it. It's so easy. I just oh, you do like there. it. When you I, said a horrible life decision, I no. thought it was going like how I felt about it. No. It's horrible mm. because I eat too much bread now. Oh. I have made homemade cinnamon rolls and <laughs> loaves of French bread, and we made homemade pretzels. Wow. We baked a lot of cookies. Yeah, we it do. sounds delicious. Yes, this it does. How, I'm glad I don't live with you. Because <laughs> this would be bad for me trying yeah. to lose weight. That yeah. would be very bad. I tried. I attempted to start working out at home. I have made it four days. <laughs> four and, is better than And nine. the four workout days have not been consistent. That Were they consecutive? Like two, nope. Oh. Like over <laughs> two weeks. You're like, every two weeks I work out a day yep. or two. <laughs> and then I eat four loaves of bread in between. <laughs> I'm sure it balances out in the large... Scheme of things. Somewhere in there. Right. Balance. But it's homemade bread, so it's good for you, Oh, right? I bet it's yeah. so good. I bet I bet you could make gluten-free bread for me. I could. Mm. I'll bring you some. Yeah, if you do. I mean, if you're up for the challenge, I mean, I'm I might eat it. challenge. So, okay. I have anything else going on. Right. Well, that's what I'm doing during quarantine is I'm figuring out ways to have people make me things. So, <laughs> that's how I use my time. Not really. I don't know what I've been doing. I've 
my workload has increased a little bit um, for the church I work for just because everything's online. So I've had to learn to use a lot of Photoshop and a lot of programs on my computer that I didn't know I needed to know. Yes, Madeline's her schooling out there. So that keeps me busy too. That's another way. Yeah, her mom's annoying her, so that's a good way to keep busy. (laughs) But yeah, I'm not as exciting as a pool and baking. Trust me, that pool's not as exciting as it sounds. I don't know. (laughs) You guys sound like you're having fun out there. You get in, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) Yay! I'm in a pool. (laughs) So, okay. We're going to, we're, okay, we're going to go on. This is our awkward, um, segue. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. That's how awkward it is. But we opened with that because today we're going to talk about contentment. Um, being content. So our passage for today is going to be in the book of Philippians. I'm going to read Philippians 4, 11 through 13. And it says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Um, I think it's important, like Madeline said uh, last week, how in Bible college I always talk about context. I also think it's important to know who wrote something and about the time that it was in. So the person that wrote this, if you didn't know, is Paul. Um, looking back at Paul's life, um, at this point in time, um, his life had already been full of anything but positive circumstances. He was writing these words while he was imprisoned. And so their prisons back then were not like our nice prisons. Random side note, one of my favorite things to watch on TV is Lockdown. I love the prison shows. <laughs> I, I don't it know why. It just makes me feel like I'm in prison during quarantine. Because <laughs> people talk is, about how all they can do, and I'm like, that's all I do. Yes, sleep, <laughs> sleep eat, and watch TV. So it's def- prison back then was not anywhere near that. They were dark and dreary dungeons. They didn't have sanitation, no heat, no running water or light. He was probably chained, and he was probably very lonely from a human um, aspect. But he did leave an extremely difficult life at times, and um, before that, he was almost beaten to death. He was misunderstood and deserted by his friends, I'm sure. Paul's life was anything but perfect. Yet he said in those verses I just read that I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. And I never caught this until I started reading this through that it says I have learned So what this tells me is that contentment can be learned. So we're going to talk about things today um, surrounding contentment, how we can learn to be content. And I'm going to be talking about three different aspects in our life that we can learn to be content in. Um, I just really quick wanted to say what the world's definition of contentment is, because it's not that far off from the Bible, because there is a difference between contentment and happiness. Um, Being um, content means it's a quality or state of being satisfied. And even the world uses those words, but sometimes the world will interchange happy and content, and there is a difference. Do you agree there is a difference? There's definitely a difference. difference. Um, Like I said, happiness, I think, is a temporary feeling Mm -hmm. or a temporary pleasure, where contentment's more of a state of being in an Yeah, I think you said even like it's learned, like contentment is being okay with your circumstances even though they might not be right but p- happiness is like when you're enjo- actually enjoying not that you right. don't enjoy your circumstances but like that you're enjoying yeah, yeah. no i get what you're saying circumstance right exactly it's based on temporary things a lot of times mm-hmm. there's a great quote from an author named linda dillow 
She says, contentment occurs when Christ's strength is infused into our weak bodies and souls. To infuse means to pour, fill, soak, or extract. This is how God enables us to be content. He infuses contentment through his word, and it seeps into our minds and transforms us. Just like a cup of tea gets stronger when we give it time to steep. When we give time to the Lord to steep in us, we become content and we begin to transform to be like him. And I just love that because that's exactly what it's like. The more you set and steep and get into the Lord's um, word, the more it gets into you, into your soul, and into your heart. So the first thing we're going to talk about is being content with our circumstances. Um, there's two parts um, to being content, in my opinion, and I pulled that from Philippians 4, 6, where it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I say it's a two-choice um, or a two-part process because the first part is a choice, and it's our choice, um, and it's what we have to do. It's a, a something you have to choose with your heart. It says, be careful for nothing, which means don't be anxious about anything and everything, whether that thing is good or bad, prosperous, not prosperous, public or private, any, any condition, anything that's going on, don't be anxious about it. And it talks about... Um, talking to God. We have to do that by prayer, by supplication, which means the action of asking or begging for something earnestly, and with thanksgiving, which is an expression of gratitude. Um, so I just want a real quick side note. I know for myself, those things are very hard to do, especially if they're bad circumstances. So I wanted to open the conversation of how do you choose? Let me ask, how do you choose? Do you pray or do you worry? Do you trust God or trust yourself? This is something that I struggle with. Sometimes I tell someone else and try to get their opinion, and then I go to God. So I'm just curious what you guys do. Um, do you take this to heart, and do you really try to take it to God first? Or what's some ways that maybe you try to, you know, do your part in this? I think for me, this is a conversation me and my dad had recently, too. It's just, um, I'm not a worrier. I don't really worry about much but bless you I, <laughs> that's awesome I'm not a big worrier but um one thing that's hard in that is you even if I trust God with the situation it doesn't always mean I know the answer and that's the hard part for mm -hmm. me I don't necessarily worry about it and I I trust him that he's in control but I still don't know what to do with it and that's the part that throws me off I think I don't necessarily I wouldn't say I worry about the outcome or worry about the situation but trying to figure out still like the action needed is the part that would make me maybe worry but you know like trusting God I, that part to me is easy you know I trust him and I go to him and I pray but finding like the action needed or finding the the solution to the problem is what mm -hmm. throws me off but for me trusting God is kind of easy but I'm kind of a yeah I guess for me it depends on what the situation is. There are some things that I'm like, yeah, that'll be okay. God will take it. I'm that way, like if my husband and I are talking about money and things are tight, I'm like, it's okay. We've been provided for. But I think that's because I've seen him pull through on things mm -hmm. for us in that area. If it's something we've never experienced yet, that's when I have a harder time saying, okay, God, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to bring this to you. That's when I tend to, you know, worry a little bit more is when I don't know what's going on yeah I think for me the problem um and I don't even know if this is like contentment but we're talking about like trusting mm -hmm. and I think for me it's like at school especially I depend a lot on you and dad 
And so for me, like when money problems come up or something, my my problem is I don't think, oh, I wonder if God's going to come through. I think I need to call my dad. Well, we can <laughs> fix that. Well, I'm not saying like... We I'm can not say saying, no. No, no, no. I mean, like there have been times where I'll tell like... Because I'm very honest with you guys, I'll tell you, like, yeah, I'm not going to make my bill. <laughs> and I don't necessarily, like... But I've also seen God come through in amazing say, ways. There have been times where I would say, you know what, I don't want you to help me. I want to see how this is going to work out. And miraculous... I literally got... I, my bill was due Friday last year, on a Friday, and I got a check for $500 on on the Thursday before it was due. And yeah. I, so, like, out of nowhere, got a call, and they were like, hey, I want you to do this for me, and then sent me the money directly through PayPal. And I was like... And it was just crazy, um, but I think for me that's my thing is <clears throat> I have so many people around me that are so trustworthy that I don't really think first to go to him. I first go to my parents or my grandparents or someone for advice or help. Which is good because like we talked about last week, having godly counsel and someone you can go to is right. very important. But it shouldn't be my first right. response. Right, but you're, yeah, absolutely right. So what we just talked about there was the things that we have to do to do our part, which is bring those things to him. Now, the second part of being content from that verse is when we do our part, that's when God does his part. So it says in verse 7 of Philippians 4, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what that, that is talking about is that's what God's part is. When we bring to him... Um, our supplications and our prayers, um, when we bring those things to him, that's when God says, okay, I'm going to give you a peace. He's going to give me that peace in my soul. He's going to give me understanding that exceeds any human reasoning. Because how many times have we had, I know for myself, I've had a problem and I've just laid it out on the line. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And just the peace that comes over you. When you do that, and I think that really comes from following these verses and doing what he's told us to do, giving it to him, don't be anxious, thanking him even in times of trial or bad things, you know, the Lord sees that and he gives us a peace through that. And so it also says that he will keep our hearts and minds so he'll guard and defend us. He'll guard our emotions and our affections. And he only does that through Christ Jesus. The Lord is in place of anxiety. He's a buffer in that time. He's the peace. And he, I literally, in my mind, I see him standing between me and that problem. And he's the reason why I have a peace. So I think it's important to do those, to remember, okay, do my part and then God will follow through, which is great because God always follows through. It's so simple, isn't it? It's yeah. like the next part I wrote down is practice makes perfect. Cause some people say, well, how do you do that? Like for Amanda, it's easier not to worry for someone like me. It's, I worry a little bit more depending on the circumstances. So how do you always learn to be content? I think a lot of things goes back to the simple basics that you have to do. You have to let God dwell in your heart and your mind. And you only do that by prayer and by reading your Bible and choosing to give these things to God, praying specifically, choosing to be thankful, choosing to dwell on the positive. But even those things you still have to do them all through God. It's not something that comes easily. It's not natural for us to do that. And I think, too, like, sometimes, for me especially, I'll think, like, for example, being single. Then you give that to God. Mm -hmm. And I think, I've, I have a timeline that I'm like, well, if I'm not married and have four kids. But actually, no, that's As false. You're not having kids. I don't want that many kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad but, we just talked about that, I too. mean, like, mm -hmm. but when I give that to God and it doesn't happen, when I think, I'm like, I get mad, like, where is he? Why am I not 
why don't I have this, this, and this? But it's not that he's not coming through with his mm-hmm. part. It's that I'm not fully giving it to him because I still have my expectations. That's a great example of how that works. And I think for me, the thing, I just heard this in church Sunday. I think it was Sunday. I heard it somewhere on Sunday. She was listening. <laughs> yeah. That it's so simple. You just have to read your Bible and pray every day. Read your Bible, like pray on. every day. Mm-hmm. And you'll grow, grow, grow. It's so true, but it's one of, for me, it's one of the hardest things to do. I don't know if anybody else struggles with that, but for me, because, well, especially I think of you with your three little ones. I have grown children and I struggle. I, my life is not complicated whatsoever. And just finding time to be in his word and to pray and dedicate that time to do my part is so hard sometimes to find. Yeah. And you know what? It's sad because I am bad at that. And I do have three little kids and that's an excuse. But, um, you know, if I, if mentally, if I make the choice to sit down and read the Bible, um, my kids love to sit down and they'll mm-hmm. just do devotions with me and we'll just do family mm-hmm. devotions in the morning. But if my mindset isn't right and if I'm not the one who's making the time and who's like, okay, time for devotions, let's sit down. If I choose to bypass it, then, you know, then right. they're not going to bring it up. Well, sometimes my daughter does. Sometimes she brings it up and she's like, can we do our devotions? And I'm like, yes, thank you for getting my heart right with the Lord. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it is simple if you just have the mindset mm-hmm. to say, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to do this. And it is hard because half the time there's a baby screaming or somebody crying or somebody napping or whatever. There's always stuff to do, but that is an excuse. And it really is easy to just, if my mindset isn't right, then I can see that affecting them too. And that's something that I have to be careful of. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like with the whole anxiety and like me not worrying, sometimes that's a fault because then sometimes I get into, well, God's going to take care of it. So I don't even care. So then I just don't even think about situations. Right. I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Whatever. I don't care. And then I don't put any, like, oomph into anything. And then I'm like, whatever. Whatever's going to be you me. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't care about anything. But I think a lot of people are like that. Because like I said, if I know, like I said, if it's something I know he's taken care of in the past, that's when I'm like, it don't matter. He'll be taken care of. But I know for myself, I still need to be praying, even though I know he's going to take care of it. Well, it comes down to... I still need to be seeking him and having him be that buffer to give that peace. It comes down to, like, a stewardship type thing, because, like, with money, yes, God's going to take care of it. Like, I think sometimes I struggle with this, like, yes, God's going to take care of it, but that doesn't mean I need to go out and <laughs> spend all my money spring. because yeah. God's going to provide my, right. you know. So, yeah. even when it's, like, worrying, like, yes, you might be... Okay, what will be will be, but you still have a part right. to play. I think that yeah. verse is applicable. You still have to do your part, even in good times, hard times, and different times, being content with our circumstances. And I also love what Amanda said, that it, sometimes it's harder. The next point, I think this is a good segue, is to content to be me. Content to be yourself and who you are. And when you mentioned that your kids love to have devotions... That's wonderful, but we still have to take time for our own. Because your devotion with Maylee, can I say her name out yeah. loud? Okay. I was like, we might have to edit that out. But <laughs> With Taylor. <laughs> when you do things with your kids, it's a different level. Sometimes it's not as, um, I don't want to say intense, but it's not as maybe as a deep study that you'd mm-hmm. like to be in. Things that you really need to have speak to your heart. I think the Lord can use any lesson, whether it's a children's lesson or anything, but I think um, to be content with ourselves, we do have to have a deeper um, 
understanding of the word and we really have to get into the Bible and really start reading and understanding um, how the Lord sees us. And that only happens by having an intimate relationship with him. Um, Because if you think about it, God is intimately acquainted with us, with each of us. He took a personal interest in each of us. He, the Bible says that he knew us before our mothers knew about us, which Mm -hmm. is wild when you think about it. But I could go down a tangent there, but I'm not going to. (laughs) So in Psalms 139, 14 through 18, it talks about how we're fearfully and wonderfully made and that we're a marvelous works, the Lord's marvelous works, that um, our substance was not hid from thee, which is speaking again of uh, he knew us before our mothers knew that they were pregnant with us. It also says that we're curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in thy book all thy members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious are the thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, there are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. So that's just telling me all those things. The Lord made me, he wrought, let's first explain what wrought means, because at first I was like, oh, okay, let's spell it, W-R-O-U-G-H-T, it's not wrought like (laughs) R-O-T, it's wrought, (laughs) it means to embroider in the Hebrew language, it's the same Hebrew word that's used to refer to the artistic needlework used in the tabernacle curtains, which I find that fascinating. In our modern terms, it means simply the figure, or to bring a desired shape into consistency, or to arrange. So, when you read that verse, it says... He designed us. He desired um, what he wanted us to be, our shape, um, how he wanted to have us be. And he wrought us. He made us. He designed us. He embroidered us, as the Hebrew language would say. I like it. Yes, I'm embroidered by Christ. We should put that on a shirt. Mm -hmm. So the first part, I think, to being content with ourselves is we have the first thing. I am so good at this. Comparing ourselves to others. That he, like we just said, he created me exactly how he wanted me. And I so often compare myself to other people, especially other ladies. I compare myself in talents, even spiritual gifts. Mm. Sometimes I can find myself being almost jealous of some ladies thinking, why can't, why can't I do that? Like sometimes it hurts my heart almost because there's desires I have that, um, selfishly I feel are not being fulfilled. I get jealous of personality things. I get jealous of not being meek and temperate. Do you know how I would love, at the end of my life, I probably won't hear it because I'll be dead, but if somebody said, Terry was the most meek woman I ever met, either one of you, but do that you might not be see your, <laughs> or I that's cannot your imagine. <laughs> no, you're right. That's right. But I have to remember, God made me the way he made me. And that's not an excuse to go out and be mean to everybody and to like not, yeah. It's not an excuse well, yeah, to be a like, certain way. Just but some people mm-hmm. might not be as, like, like I'm, patience, I think, is a good thing. To, you are very patient, I yes. And more, like, lackadaisical. Is that the right word? Yes, wow. very good. Okay. Whoa. College. Anyway, <laughs> um, like, I'm very lackadaisical in things, but that doesn't mean that, you know, sometimes I don't have to try and, like, just because I'm not strong, maybe I'm more strong in patience, but then I'm not as meek is something that I have to work on. It Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not just things that come naturally, but, I mean, you can still, like, not even saying, like, work on your weakness. Right. But, like, it's something that you can, <laughs> I just, you have to work for. So many times we look at other people and, and we want what they have. And that's one thing we have to stop doing if we want to be content 
and who the Lord made us. Another area we need to be content about ourselves in, and I am horrible at this too, <laughs> is our bodies. Women are so good at putting ourselves down. We're good at looking at ourselves and thinking, oh, I hate seeing this, this or that about myself. And we're always trying, well, me, I'm on a diet right now, actually. I'm always on a diet. I'm always trying to change the way I eat. I'm always trying to fix all these things. But in Psalm 139, 15, it says, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Again, the Lord made us how he wanted us. Our, if you don't like our, your nose or you don't like your ears or whatever, you can't fix those things. There's something that you just can't fix. So you're going to have to learn to be content with how the Lord made you because he gave you those things. He made you. He molded you and made you who he wanted you to be physically. And again, that's not giving an excuse to go eat what you want, binge eat, and not take <laughs> care of yourself. I think that's a whole other topic because we are supposed to take care of ourselves. This is more of a self-reflection, like loving who you are. I know that sounds so worldly. Love who you are. You be you boo. Yes, do. Yes. But that's what the Lord wants. He wants us to see ourselves through his eyes. And I think a lot of time we miss that. We don't see ourselves the way that he sees us. And we need to, to really be content with ourselves. I think for me too, sometimes it's hard because you're like, I have this thought a lot. Like I'm like, there are so many people on this world. How am I any more special than the next guy? But like to him, I am. And I don't, I, my earthly mind, I do not understand how, I can be important to him when he has all these other people. Because I'm like, well, my problems are so trivial. Trivial. (laughs) You know, like like I said, like I can go to you guys and stuff. So sometimes in my mind, I'm like, you know, I don't want to bother him with that. Or I'm not important enough. But that's not true. And I think those are the times we have to go to him. Because even the smallest thing, he it's, it's like any other relationship you have to build. Like we didn't become close just because once a week we meet for a podcast. It's because we talk to each other we share our 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 intimate thoughts sometimes we share um, our insecurities with each other and you know what's funny is other people can see those things in us and love us for those things but we so we neglect what people see in us and I have a friend named Lydia shout out to Lydia and she would one time I was complaining about my weight and she was so sweet in the way she said you know what when I look at you I see Terry and I see one of my best friends. She was like, I don't see what you see. And like that kind of put me in my place. Because I was like, that's exactly how God sees me. So a lot of times when I get down on myself, I'll remember that. God made me who I am. And he sees Terry. He sees my inner workings. So really what this means is God created you the way. He weaved it. He put you together. And again, through this study, I was reminded that just like how we talked about it's an embroidery in the Hebrew language. We're a tapestry. So think of yourself as a tapestry. And every little stitch and every little thing that he put in, the, the a weave maker, is that what they'd be called? A weave creator? A weaver. A weaver? A weaver? <laughs> a weaver. Weird. I grew up in weaver. That's a whole other weaver. Um, but he put everything together from our hair color to our eye color to our height. I wish I had more of that. He put all of that together. So just really try to be content with yourself and really try to see how the Lord put you together and see yourself through his eyes. And again, that's only going to happen if we what? Read our Bibles and pray every day. We have to Maybe we be should change listening. the intro song to that. Read your Bible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Every time I bust into song, I reminded there's a gentleman in our church when he teaches. And he um, 
will just bust into song. He All has a song. And it's so, I think it's so cute though, because mm-hmm. he has a song in, um, in his heart. I just think that's cute. But anyway, so um, the third thing is two things combined. Um, we need to be content in our role in our relationships. Everybody has a different role. Everybody has a different way that God, or a different thing that God has given them to do in their life. For example, um, right now I want everyone to think about their roles in their life. Um, my roles, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm a lover. Ew. <laughs> I can be a teacher. So many other words. <laughs> I, look, the lover will come in later. Roll with it, okay? Roll with it. Okay. God. You're going to cut out the story. Got me. God gives us those things. It's true. You're a friend. Like It's good. It's good. I'm gonna you just caught me off guard. Next, we're going to talk about um, the third thing is being content in our role and in our relationships. I'm going to combine them together because I think they go well together. For me, I have many different roles. God has given all of us roles in our life. And just a few of mine are being a wife, being a daughter, being a mother, a lover to my husband, being a teacher, to my children, being a secretary where I work. Um, the Lord has given us so many different roles. So I want you to take this time, if you need to pause the podcast, and think about what are your current roles. And think about, when you think about your roles, are you content in those roles? Because a lot of times I think we don't really want to take a hard look at ourselves and evaluate where we are in some of those roles. And I think we need to do that. Um, so some questions you can ask yourself are, do you sincerely believe the Lord has blessed you in your current roles? Do you feel he has given you his best by the roles he has given you? Are you trusting that God gave you the portion that he knew was right for you? These questions are very important, I think, to figure out the roles in your life that you've been placed in. If you're content in them and that you... And most of those, you should be content in them. And we're going to talk about that. If you cannot accept the roles the Lord is giving you, I firmly believe you have a discontented heart. And that's not a good place to be. Because when we're not content in the our lot in life, and we're not content in our roles, you have a problem. And it's going to um, give seeds of bitterness or anger. It'll make it hard to forgive. You'll be jealous. You'll be all these things. I'll just make life so much harder, so much harder, especially as ladies. I think women struggle more with this. So again, I think we have to remember, it keeps going back to, we have to remember contentment is learned and it occurs when Christ's strength is infused again into our bodies, just like we talked about the tea steeping. And we have to find contentment in those roles, but it's so hard. And we, and what we have to do is we have to give those roles literally to the Lord. I think this is one of the hardest things for me is being content in my roles. Not because I'm not content with everything that I have and being a wife and a mother and a daughter and a friend. But I think that sometimes that is the easiest way for Satan to distract me and get my attention is because I can be very um, selfish. And I think that's easy as a woman sometimes because... Not anything bad against our husbands or men or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But I think it's easy for us to just take on every role and not always get the adoration or the applause that we want. And kind of back to when we were talking about Mary and Martha and the whole Martha, you know, not being um, happy when you're doing all the work and not getting the praise. 
and that's easy to grow selfishness. And so, you know, days where I'm pouring myself into my house and my husband and my children, and then at the end of the day, I can get really discouraged and say, well, what's left for Amanda? Like, mm-hmm. where is Amanda at and all that? All I am is a mom and a maid and a cook and a <laughs> wife and... I'm not Amanda anymore. And I think that's hard for me. Not that I feel like I'm discontent in my roles, but to feel appreciated, Mm -hmm. I guess. And then I start getting, feeling selfish because I'm just looking for that last little bit of Amanda that's left in there. And I think that's really hard for me. And I have to really go to God with that and just say, you know what, these are the roles you've given me and I don't need any praise. I don't need the applause. I just need to keep pouring myself like this is the new Amanda. No, it's not the old Amanda, but, you know, I have to find that contentment that way. But that is one of the hardest things for me is not being content and then growing that into selfishness Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes anger. It depends on the day. (laughs) I think for me, it's um, I think I only have a few roles right now, but I have to think if I'm not going to be content in these roles why would he give me more Mm -hmm. like I talked about earlier like being single it's like do I want to have a husband and be a wife yes but if I can't be a good daughter and a good student and all these other things why would he add more to my plate Hmm. that's a good thought and I think you hear that a lot of times people say I just finally had to give it to the Lord and I think we miss that part we don't fully give it to him we don't give our roles and I think one way to look at this, my mom and I have had this conversation, is that until you really give it to the Lord and you accept the role that you've been giving, because for me, one of the hardest things about being a mom for me, even from the very beginning, was the world and their opinion. Mm -hmm. Because I think the world tells us as women, you need to be married, you need to be everything Amanda just said, the cook, the cleaner, the child rearing, you need to be the perfect wife to your husband. Not only that, you some women have to work outside the home full time. So then they tell you, you got to be super mom. You have to be that super wife and you have to work full time and work full time from home. And then for me, when my kids were younger, this is one of my biggest regrets is not accepting my role as a mom sooner in my children's life because I was so consumed with the world and what I thought I was supposed to be. I was not looking to God. And this was uh, around the time I got saved and when I really realized what I was doing. But I was trying to keep up with the world standards. I was trying to do it all and be super mom. But you know what that led to? That led to me being stressed out. It led to me, it's probably hard to believe for Madeline, but I was even more short with my children. My attitude just stunk. I was on antidepressants. I mean, I was anxious all the time. Like, I just couldn't cope. But the Lord had a way of bringing me back around. Like, we talked last week about poking you. Like, I finally got saved. So, that that helped a lot in many areas. But I still tried to do so much. And I finally came to the point where the Lord just kind of slapped me upside the head and said, I have given you these two children and I've given you a husband and this is your role. And I think people see that as a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's one of the greatest callings, really, when you, I think it's one of the greatest callings to be a wife and a mother. Um, And it's one of the hardest callings because you have to do so many different things. And sometimes it is thankless. And sometimes you don't get the applause and the accolades when when your kids are grown up and you can look back and say, well, I didn't raise little brats after all. Like (laughs) Then you get a feeling of, oh, well, I think, you know, by the grace of God, my kids are doing well and... I think that being content in our role is so important, no matter what area it is. Right. 
So the next part we're going to talk about is in our relationship. So Madeline was making fun of me earlier because I said um, being a lover to my husband. And the next people I'm going to talk to are wise. I know not everybody here is married, but I think it's very important if you are married to be encouraged in that area as a wife. Um, what I would encourage you to do is maybe evaluate your marriage on a scale of 1 to 10. Where would you rate your contentment level? I know we probably shouldn't rate our levels of things, um, but I think it gives us a good base to look at how we're really seeing things. Um, I mean, because sometimes people look at the person they married and they say, wow, like you, <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> like you are not, I didn't know you did that every morning type things, like just things that get under our skin. <laughs> like all these little things, like the expectation in our head and the dreams we had. Anyone that's been married for a length of time knows that the the romance of it all eventually goes away. And that's why it's so important to be content in our role as a wife. Again, it's a high calling to, to be submissive and to serve the Lord by serving your husband, if that makes sense. We, For me, I can only serve my husband the right way and be content as a wife if I'm serving the Lord. And I have to remember a lot of those things I have to do through the Lord for my family and for my husband, not of my own volition. Because when I try to do it by myself um, and try to make that contentment for myself and everybody else, it goes horribly wrong. And it's not doing anything to to lift the Lord up and to praise the Lord and to give Him the glory for it. So I think we really have to remember that. So I just want to encourage you wives, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you don't feel content in your marriage, the first thing I would I would say is you really need to pray and you need to ask the Lord to show you things in your marriage that you could work on. Um, I know that's hard to do to, to look at yourself and to ask the Lord to show you these things in, in yourself. But I think once you realize those things and you can get those right and you can confess it to the Lord and ask him to help you, it will help you. And one thing I also want to encourage is to forgive. If there's something that you need to forgive, whether I don't, I don't know what it is. There could be so many things with husband and wife. Sometimes us wives are very good at not forgiving. I know I can be that way. But it's forgiveness is not an option. It is a commandment. And we need to remember that because forgiveness breaks the chains of bitterness. And it's a choice of the heart. Again, it all goes back to the verses we were talking about. Making choices and doing our part. And you need to forgive and, and move on and give those things to the Lord. That was something I would really encourage you wives to do if you haven't done that. And I'm not a wife, but... Um, I've have friends who are married and, you know, I, I've seen, cause it's easier on the outside looking in mm -hmm. when I'm a wife, it probably will be different. <laughs> but, um, like sometimes when the wife, like even in preaching at the college and classes I've taken, you hear that my contentment helps my husband be content Absolutely. because I don't, you know, I don't have a husband, but men are like, if my, like, let's say I'm in a bad mood and I go and I, to Jeffrey and I'm like in a bad mood, then he'll be in a bad mood. Right. So like my contentment affects the other people around me. So I think as a wife and a mom, it's like, I, I, I've even told you there, I, in the ministry, especially I want to be, I don't want to hold my husband back because mm -hmm. of my attitude. So something that I strive to, I want to strive to do is to be, you know, satisfied and so that he feels like I'm not holding mm -hmm. him from what well, the Lord I think wants him to do. You hit on it. A woman doesn't realize this, but we have so much control over men when we, we can be manipulators if we wanted to. I hope we're not manipulators, ladies. If you're manipulating your husband, that's not a good thing. That's not content. Um, 
women set the tone in their homes. Wives, mothers, we set the tones in our homes. And we have to, that's why it's so important to take those things to God. And I know my daughter can attest, I set the tone in our home. I mean, there's times where everybody has to walk on eggshells because mom's in a bad mood. And that's because I'm not taking it to the Lord. I'm not being content in what I'm doing and I'm not giving it to the Lord. Yeah, and I think I think that's so true. And um, it just reminded me of, you know, people always say, like, don't go to bed angry. And that verse in Ephesians 4, 26 says, be angry and sin not, let the sun, uh, let not the sun go down mm-hmm. upon your wrath. And I think that's something, too, is, <laughs> this is funny, but <laughs> if I go to bed and I am upset with my husband, I will have bad dreams about him. I will have dreams that he's like you in, it's like you internalize yes, it. I just get he either he leaves me in the dream or like we have some horrible fight in my dreams. Um and it's funny how that can affect so many different parts of your life and um it's true. The mom's attitude and our faithfulness, it affects our family so much. And something that I've always what I heard before I got married and I've told other people is just you have to wake up every day and choose to mm-hmm. love your husband. That is so true. Because, like you said, it's so easy to mm-hmm. say, this is not what I signed up for. Or, you know, we all change. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you might have married, you know, this version of your husband, but you've been married 10 years now and he's not the same person. Um, so that's hard. You have to wake up and choose to love him. You have to choose to put in the work. Um, choose to set aside the praise because you're not always going to get it. And um, another thing is, too, for wives who have gone through situations uh, where your marriage has really struggled or you've gone through times of unfaithfulness or you've gone through those and coming back and learning almost to re-love your mm-hmm. husband um, if you're in that situation, um, you know, you kind of have to put aside everything and you really have to give a lot to the Lord in that. And then mm-hmm. you, that can be hard. It can be hard to, to put aside his faults and understand that that's between him and the Lord and to choose to love him still. There's a lot of struggles in being married, Maddie, prepare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but you really, you have to choose. And no matter what you said in your vows, uh, you know, till death do us part for richer, for poor, for better or worse. And that is true. No matter what you go through, no matter what he does, no matter what you do, um, you guys are together. And being content in that, no matter the circumstances, that is that is a challenge. But you have to wake up every day, choose to love him, choose to put in the work, and choose to be the mom, the wife that you need to be. Because, you know, the statistics, the statistics show... That if the mom is the one who leaves church or turns again, God, that's, that's when the family turns. Yeah. You know, the dad can walk away or the kids can. But it's more common that if the mom walks away or the wife walks away, that's when the family will turn. And so that's a big thing. You really have to give it to the Lord and just be content and be faithful. And no matter what, you have to be there, be present, be putting in the work. And that encourages me to think like... Yes, I want that, but I need to have it in his time because if I choose the wrong person, it's mm-hmm. going to make being content because then once you do that, like even if it was God's will or not, like you made a commitment mm-hmm. to him and to God. So it's like, for me, it's like be sure because it'll make it that much harder to be content if he's not the right one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it goes back when we were talking about the verse 
in Philippians about our part is a choice, and that's in any relationship, any role, any situation in our life. We have to be careful for nothing, but in everything, um, by prayer and supplication, we have to bring that to God. And I think as ladies, sometimes for myself, I get so busy that I forget to do that. I don't know if forget's the right word. I just, I don't make time for it. I don't. I get lazy in my relationship and lackadaisical, as Maddie yes, said, in my relationship. Word and, of the day. and it, it can be seen because if one thing, I've been married 22 years, and one thing I definitely have learned over those 22 years is it's always a better day when I start my day with the Lord or when I'm walking right with the Lord. And I think that goes for the whole family, not just moms. Or wives, but I think even for single people, I think anybody could say, if you're walking with the Lord and reading your Bible and praying, how much better of a walk in general do you have in life? I think mm-hmm. Madeline, I I can tell. I think especially when you're in the same house, you can tell when somebody's walking or not walking or haven't read their Bible or isn't in you know good fellowship with the Lord. It's easy to see. And I think for me, the first thing to go when I stop reading is my contentment. Because mm-hmm. I think that would be everybody. Because I, I, I've talked about this a lot, and you're gonna know probably if you listen to this that one of my struggles is being single. Like, I feel like everyone around me in Bible college is getting married, and when I'm reading my Bible and I'm faithful, I feel like I do feel content. Like I'm okay being single, and I'm just happy serving. But then when I stop, it's like, oh my goodness, I need a boyfriend, and it's like, <laughs> you know, so. But that's a, a perfect example as to why we have to do it. So why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we know what we have to do and we know we feel better and we know it's right? Why do we not do it? And like, I think sometimes I think I'm good now so I can just coast. But like, right. So I stop and I'm like, but I'll be okay. And it just proves time and time again that you can't just It really just stop. is. Like, there's a verse. I don't know the, the address of it in the Bible, but dying to self. It's yeah. an everyday decision. You have to die to yourself and those selfish things that you think. As I say, yeah, that's the that I feel like is just the battle of our flesh. And that's why we quit doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, if my mind isn't in the right place or if I don't make the time to sit down and do... My devotions, that's on me. That's just because I chose not to do it. I chose to clean the dishes and not spend the time with the Lord. Um, And, you know, that's just our battle with flesh. And it is dying with self and walking with the Lord and just trusting in Him. And I like what you said, too, not comparing yourself to others. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what age you are, especially as a woman, you know. And now, now, today, you know, we're all you know, accept everybody and love and, you know, whatever. But it hasn't always been that way. You know, women from the age of time, you know, have been, you have to be skinny, you have to be tall, mm-hmm. you have to have long, blonde, flowing hair with <laughs> makeup and, you know, don't dare let your husband you come home perfect. if you don't have makeup yes, put on. put together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's always been high pressure on us. And especially as moms, we do compare ourselves, which is why I distance myself often from popular social media online places (laughs) because you start to get into that you start seeing pictures of people like oh family bike ride you know they take everything's perfect everyone Mm -hmm. posts the perfect picture because they post the happy stuff nobody's gonna be like Mm -hmm. hey this is you know when my life slept today right (laughs) you know nobody's gonna post that stuff so you start getting really down on yourself and thinking ugh well, she cleaned her house today. Look at my wreck of a house, you know, or whatever. And you have to just be careful of that and just not compare yourself. Really look at yourself. I like you said, look at yourself through God's eyes mm-hmm. and not 
always looking at yourself through your eyes or trying to compare yourself to others. But we do have a lot of pressure on us to be like that. You know, we have the pressure, you said, to be perfect. I think a lot of people underestimate women in our roles and what we're supposed to do, especially in our spiritual walk. And if you have a family, if you're married, even if you're not the role of a, of a woman in general, there's a Christian woman, I should say. Um, there's There's pressure and there's things that are hard. And there's no other way to, to get through all those things except for doing it through Christ. He has to be the strength that keeps you to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on top of that, you read Proverbs 31. And then you just go cry yeah. and eat cookies. They're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'll make all that bread you made. The bread <laughs> yeah, all that bread you made. Before we sign ourselves off here, we just want to give a shout out to the mothers. Mine's here, but Thank I'm, you. I'll go. F- we're all going to try something. Okay, I'm going to do mine in an accent. <laughs> you want to go first or yeah, last? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. This is for all you people. Spongebob if you know what this or... is, please tell, like, I would love to hear from you if you know what this means. Anyway, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I think we just lost listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, please don't hate us forever. That was my opinion, not anyone else's. <laughs> well, I would just like to say, um, and normal, I guess, I can't do accents. Happy Mother's Day, especially to my own mother and to all the other ones that I feel like are my mother. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day to my mama, my best mama, <laughs> and my bonus mama. Thank you, Bonita, for always being great. Mm. Happy Mother's Day to Terry and all you other lovely, beautiful women out there. You work hard and you don't get enough credit. You're awesome. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye. To Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. When shall I reach that happy place and be forever blessed? When shall I see my Father's face and in His bosom rest? I am bound for the promise.